0: They spoke of it first in whispers. Then it took the media by storm. I have existed from the morning of the world, and I shall exist until the last star falls from the heavens. Although I have taken the form
1: of Caius Caligula, I am a god. Hail! 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 Bob Guccione and Penthouse Films International present Caligula.
0: You amateur. Amateur.
1: No treachery could
0: equal his evil. No evil was more treacherous. He's mad! Caligula, the emperor who devoured Rome. Scroll, scroll, scroll. I hate them! Malcolm McDowell, Teresa Ann Savoy, Helen Mirren, Peter O'Toole, John Gielgud. No rumor can match the reality. Caligula. Rated R.
1: Hello, and you're listening to Girls, Guts, and Giallo. As always, I'm Annie Rose Malament, and today I'm joined by my really good e-friend, Mason Buck. Hi, Mason. Hey. So, Mason, uh, I've shouted you out a few times on the podcast before. You're uh, on Instagram as at the video hole, and you've uh, allowed me to share your server with you, which is amazing, which is how I watched Caligula And, uh, I just feel like this is our first time ever actually talking on the phone or anything, but I feel like we know each other already. (laughs) Yeah,
0: I I, I agree.
1: (laughs) So Mason, do you want to tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, what you're about?
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, I am a video artist, freelance video editor, and I call myself an armchair film historian, um. Film and access to film is something that's always been really important to me, so I try to work a lot in getting films and getting screenings to people who might not otherwise have access to them.
1: It's such important work, and you also make these really amazing bumps at the beginning of your videos, too, which are, I always really enjoy. Yeah, I, <laughs>
0: I enjoy playing around. And I've, I've been teaching myself more motion graphics, and I like creating like retro style titles for uh movies on the server it's a lot of fun
1: and you're really good at it thank you uh, <laughs> and today we're talking about calicula, calicula.
0: oh my god calicula.
1: there's a lot to talk about here so i guess we'll just get into it
0: yeah let's dive in
1: so movie came out in 1979 uh directed by tinto brass Produced by Penthouse, more specifically by Bob Guccione, the founder of Penthouse. And he wanted to produce an explicit pornographic film with a feature film narrative and high production value.
0: He referred to it. I think it's important to point out. He referred to this as as a Citizen Kane effort. Like that's he, what he did. Oh my, he was. oh, my
1: God. Yes. I read that, too. I actually read an interview with him in penthouse so he had his own fucking magazine interview him about the movie yes (laughs) so i I mean i'm just living for the fucking excess of this entire thing
0: it's so there's so much drama around this honestly it's amazing that it actually managed to find its way into theaters as much craziness surrounded this production
1: i know it's crazy it's like how was this even able to see the light of day uh, when was the first time you saw it?
0: So, um, the first time I saw this was the edited cut, which uh, takes out, I don't know, I feel like it's a good fifth of this movie is like literal genitalia shots. It really So, is. <laughs> so the, like, the edited version is like just a little over 90 minutes, whereas the one that we watched the uncensored one is two two uh, two and a half hours. Um, I saw that one for the first time when I was like 14. It was really young. And my favorite experience with this movie, though, is when I got moved to a different school in high school. Um, I was trying to make new friends, and I had I had found this other weirdo who I thought we were going to be tight friends. And we were. Um, but the first time we ever hung out, he came over to spend the night at my house, and we watched the uncensored version of Caligula.
1: Oh, my God. <laughs> it,
0: it was perfect. It was, like, the best way to get to know somebody.
1: <laughs> I mean, I the first time I saw this, I saw the uncensored version, and I had been reading about this movie for a long time because I was really into cult films when I was in high school, and I oh yeah, read a lot of books about it and re- uh, talked about it on message boards and stuff. But this was before you could get everything really easily, so I never was able to actually see it. And then I saw it for the first time in college and I made all my roommates watch it and they hated me.
0: I love <laughs> it. That's, that's basically <laughs> the experience of like, the theater goers in 79 who saw it.
1: Yeah, they're <laughs> like, what is
0: this? The, the, audience, the reaction of audiences to this movie is something in particular that I find really fascinating because it seems like a lot of people who initially saw this in a theater were not prepared to have to sit through this intense pornographic content. So a lot of people leave the theater just mad and angry. I didn't know
1: that. (laughs) I didn't know
0: that. You have like, I feel like, and this is not based in anyone's actual, like like, any of the writings of the people who saw it, but it does feel like there was a lot of repressed sexuality at the time. that just could not like come to terms with what they were seeing on the screen. There's this great quote from this woman who saw it. Six times, she said it was her favorite movie. She, every time oh she god. saw it with an o- a different man, <laughs> and every single time, the men would say, "I hated the violence." Oh my
1: <laughs> god! I mean, yeah. she's an icon, number one. Oh yeah, like love her. It this movie? I mean, the the a lot of the big hubbub about this movie. If people don't know is that it w- it was produced by Penthouse and they they cast actual Penthouse pets in unsimulated sex scenes so it really is a a fucking porno like it's a it's a porn with some highbrow yeah. oh, elements to it most
0: of the sex in this movie is unsimulated so i mean there's there i don't even know how many blowjobs there are in this movie i should have taken count but I think, like, there's so many blowjobs. Uh, yeah, jobs. I think, like, every 15 minutes you see a dick getting sucked. That's pretty common.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of blowjobs, and there's maybe, like, two scenes where, of, of Cunnilingus, a <laughs> uh, huge gap. During the
0: production, um, so Gore Vidal, we haven't really said that yet, but Gore Vidal wrote the original screenplay for this. Yes. And titled it himself, Gore Vidal's Caligula. Uh, <laughs> In a number of interviews, he said it was so that he could maintain some control over the picture by having his name attached to it. But it all fell apart and he sued to have his name to take it off of it.
1: Yeah, he he so Gore Vidal was hired to draft the film script and Tinto Brass to direct and Brass extensively altered Vidal's version, leading Vidal to uh, ultimately disavow the film like you Mm -hmm. were saying. And he, Gore Vidal wanted to focus on the idea that absolute power corrupts absolutely. Uh, That was really like the theme of it. But they disagreed on a lot of the sexual content because Brass refused to film all of the gay sex scenes that Vidal had in the script.
0: There there was only one heterosexual sex scene in, in Vidal's first version, and they didn't like it.
1: Yeah, so it's kind of like... This weird thing where like Tinto Brass and Bob Guccione are obviously like these huge creeps who like wanted a bunch of Penthouse playmates, uh, Penthouse pets in the film, yeah. but then Gore Vidal is like all high and mighty about not having this pornographic film, but he had all these pornographic sex scenes. They were just between two men. He there's a there's a quote from
0: him where he actually said that he's he was okay with the pornographic content, but what he can't stand is filth. And there is so much filth in this movie. He said, this is the exact quote, sex doesn't bother me, but I can't stand filth.
1: Oh, my God. So he's not one of us. No. (laughs) And and
0: like there was also as the production went on, um, uh, Brass was eventually cut out of the editing process. And he Mm -hmm. he ended up disavowing the film as well. I mean the like the version that you see in 1979 that hits theaters for most audiences, is Bob Guccione's vision that he pushed through all of these big names to make happen.
1: Yeah, he. It, it, so a lot of people who were involved with this dis- completely disavowed the film. Apparently, they filmed like additional hardcore scenes that Brass didn't film, and he got weird about that. Yeah. Um, and there was like a lot of legal issues when it came out. Interestingly uh, going off the filth thing there is a a film scholar named William Hawes William Hawes I think is how you pronounce it and he wrote a book called Caligula the Fight for Artistic Freedom and he posits that the definition of pornography is that there's penetration and it's wet and I think that that's a brilliant definition which is absolutely what Caligula is. Like Yes. Gor Vidal is right like it is filthy. Like there isn't just sex scenes like there are explicit there's something about like the moistness of it too. It like makes it oh. so
0: gross. This I think this is the first like big movie I've ever seen that had had cum in it had a cum shot in it. There's like there's a there's a blow job at one point of the 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 actress where i guess the pl- the penthouse pet actually spits the comeback on the guy's cock like in yes! the process of this fucking movie
1: it, and it's like in the middle of a major plot point yeah it's
0: it's like that that particular blow job is actually being used as like this timing apparatus in the film we'll get to it we'll get to it when we're going over the movie
1: yes, <laughs> yes.
0: there's a lot of i in mean there. that's
1: that's brilliant actually um so the reviews were Overwhelmingly negative the movie was trashed except for uh, Malcolm McDowell's performance as the titular character Caligula and Peter O'Toole's performance as Tiberius they were both praised but how funny is it that they were in this movie like I forgot Peter O'Toole was in this movie and I lost
0: it when I remembered that. The reason that that McDowell and Peter Atul and uh, they were in it because of Gore Vidal. Gore Vidal's name was attached to it and it looked like it was going to be this beautiful artsy feature and turns out uh, they all just ended up starring in a pornographic film. (laughs) Uh, But there's this, there's uh, a friend of mine at Cacophony Fox on, on Instagram. She went to a talk at the uh, Screen Actors Guild by Malcolm McDowell where he Talked about the production of this movie and mentioned that Peter O'Toole was high most of the time. He would go off <laughs> the trailer and get stoned out of his mind and just show up on set. Um, and they're they're like trying to film this movie and he's ca- while they're trying to deliver lines, he's calling out what he's seeing happening in the background. And he's like, "Is that is that is that two dwarfs and a and a woman splayed on a giant golden dildo?"
1: so funny I mean (laughs) it's just the lore of this film it's just like legendary yeah something Uh, I found really funny was that the movie is now considered a cult classic obviously and mm -hmm. Leonardo DiCaprio said that he based his character on the wolf of Wall Street on Caligula (laughs) in this film (laughs) Well, I mean,
0: What would Caligula have even been like if he had had quaaludes? That's a great question.
1: <laughs> great question. <laughs> yeah. One thing I will say is like the elaborate sets and production design and the costumes and the jewelry which were all done by Danilo Donati who oh, also God. did the, the makeup are to die for. They're
0: amazing. And Donati Donati's like, like designer royalty. He worked on Fellini's Satyricon, Roma, Amarcord. He worked with Rossellini, uh, The Decamerons, Onsalo. He also did Flash Gordon <laughs> from the 80s and Red Sonja. Oh, I
1: didn't know that. Yeah.
0: This guy is amazing, and his work is incredible. It's really, like, to me, it's one of the most standout things about this picture, what you get past the penises and vaginas, is these sets and these costumes are amazing. I would. Yeah. I would kill to have an orgy in any of those sets.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, honestly, like... The movie is hilarious in many ways, but I guess I'm also interested to know if you think that this movie is actually good. Like, what do you, like what do you think of this? Like, because I, I I found myself in uh, kind of uh, captivated by the aesthetics of it. I
0: the aesthetics of it are really one of the most compelling elements. I think. Especially like now, 2019, we are, this is the 40th anniversary of the release of it. Um, Oh, how apt, I didn't even know. Yeah, yeah, it came out in 79. Um, That's right, yeah. mm -hmm. So it's, it has this entire mythos surrounding it that comes into play. From the moment you start the movie, you feel like you're about to watch something you're not supposed to see. Yes. And, and there's a there's a mystique to that, especially like, you know, for you and me who were we were infected by it at a young age. This the mystique of of the forbidden movie or the band yes. movie. I th- I think in that regard, it feels like even more of a spectacle than it was in 79 watching it now. And I love that. I really love that feeling and I love that kind of connection to this movie. I don't think it's a good movie, but a <laughs> lot of my favorite movies I don't consider good movies. I think it's a different, yeah. it's a different distinction, and I, I think that this is an important movie, and I think yes. it's well worth your time to watch this at least once in your life.
1: Oh yeah, and I also, honestly, am here for the concept of a highbrow porn. Oh like, yeah, this I is, think about this all the time. It's, like I,
0: this is supposed to be the most expensive. Porno ever produced.
1: It's yeah, it's the hi- and it's the, also the highest grossing ever produced.
0: <laughs> I so,
1: it. I I mean, I think about that a lot like when I watch some of my favorite higher brow movies, like mm-hmm. not my not my sleazy movies. Yeah. I I think like wouldn't this be great if we could actually just watch these characters fuck though? Like maybe that's just me cuz I'm a fucking pervert, but I I'm here for that concept. <laughs> no,
0: I agree. I would love to see it. I mean, a, lot of, a lot of what we see as pornography is literally just designed to get you off, like when in whatever narrow context of getting off that is for the person viewing it. And I like that this, this this movie had so many other agendas other than getting you off. There are so many other things it's trying to do, and it, it makes it really complex and meaty.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's so funny, too, because everybody talks about the... Uh, graphic sexuality, but there's also, like, really graphic violence. Oh,
0: God.
1: Yeah. Like, insane amounts. And in this book that I read a a lot of William Haas's book on Caligula, he he pretty much talks about how this movie is really unique because of the juxtaposition of the hardcore pornography and the violence. Like, usually you just have one or the other. Uh, But this movie, you have both in spades and he also talks about how this is kind of the time when adult theaters were becoming more irrelevant because of the rise of VHS is going to happen soon so Mm. it's it's kind of like the last dying gasp of the adult theater uh and it's really interesting to to look at it that way in in historical context And,
0: definitely saw this production in in relation to avant-garde pornographic cinema that's what he thought he was making
1: yes I mean the rise of VHS was the death of avant-garde pornographic cinema like yeah it's but at the same time uh William Hawes says and I kind of agree with him that Caligula blurs the line so much between cinema and pornography that in a way it it paved the way for um the, the sexually graphic content of movies that we see today and how that's more and more acceptable. So, I mean, he wrote this book in 2008, so it's, things have changed a, a bit, but <laughs> I think that, I think I would say that that's partly true.
0: I, I would definitely agree with that. I think it's, it's going to be even more interesting to see now that, that I mean, People have OnlyFans accounts, they have Yeah. You can you can access someone's pornographic material in so many different ways. I'd love I really would love to see avant garde adult cinema making a comeback now that you have movie making capabilities in the hands of almost anybody with a phone now.
1: That's actually a great point because I do, I do see creators, porn creators, doing like sort of avant-garde things. I just never see it getting like as much, like the amount of traction I would want it to. Um, so. It, the other thing that was interesting, the comparison in the book that William Hawes makes, is he, he talks about the production of Caligula and compares it to pre-Hays Code silent era films depicting pagan revelry, such as mm. films of, like, D.W. Griffith and DeMille. Uh, yeah. They, they had really, that which Kenneth Anger documents in Hollywood Babylon, uh, these really insane, like, orgiastic productions which are legendary and which died out because of partly because of the Hayes code so i thought that was also a really interesting comparison it's like maybe this movie is even more old hollywood than we think uh like there's tons of precedent oh, yeah. for it
0: i love the idea that it's in that same vein as like griffith's intolerance or something like that it feels like it especially with the grand scale of all of these sets
1: yeah absolutely and- so I also wanted to briefly we'll get into the movie really soon talk about Caligula the person, the actual yeah. person because this is I believe the first time on this podcast I've talked about a film that that discusses somebody who existed in real life yeah word so. Caligula was an emperor I, I know you and I have also talked about this about how we had like a slight obsession with mad Roman emperors.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. Oh Caligula Nero. It's yes.
1: My heart. <laughs> I, I think Caligula might be my fave. I mean he only ruled between 37 and 41 AD and he was famous supposedly for being an, an insane sadist who ruled very briefly and was assassinated. Uh, yeah. And supposedly the first seven months of his reign were blissful but then he became ill and went insane and the bulk of what we know about caligula comes from ancient roman historians that were writing like a century after his death
0: yeah it's it's specifically two people it's two historians writing right. over a century after he died and that's where we get a lot of that information it sounds like by the historical count that when he was assassinated, there was a general attempt to just remove him from the record. Right. And kind of forget what I imagine we're going to do after Donald Trump leaves office and just try and, like, purge that from our minds.
1: Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, not a bad comparison. <laughs> yeah. uh, the But the sources are unreliable because, like you said, people were kind of trying to purge him. And um, and also at the time, and I kind of, I, ta- uh, I took a class in college about ancient Rome, but the professor would not let us talk about Caligula, which really bothered me. Wow. Uh, and I kept bringing it up. <laughs> and I I mean, he just kind of was like, we don't really know anything about him because sexual perversion and violence were often equated with bad governing. So yeah. that yeah. that was something that historians would kind of make up to emphasize how corrupt these leaders were. And I, I mean, sure. I, I'm probably very little of what we know about Caligula is actually true, but I'm gonna choose to believe it is because it's crazy, and I prefer yeah. it that way.
0: <laughs> I I love to think that all these horrible things happen. <laughs> and historians historians love this like it's especially like I, I majored in history myself when I was coming up, and they really like to stay away from topics that we don't have definitive information about. And Caligula at this point is just like. 90% myth. Yes. There's very little official record of what happened during his short four-year reign.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, Caligula is really more of like a a symbol of things than he is any kind of real person. Although, I think people, like maybe archaeologists have kind of stumbled on what they think is his burial site. Kind of interesting. Oh, I haven't heard that. Uh, Anyway, let's talk about... And his name is really synonymous with like perversion, basically. Oh yeah. Like yeah. I always joke about how like the straight people around me must just think I'm like an absolute Caligula, the way that <laughs> I like talk about stuff. <laughs> I and I am gonna lean into that. Uh, so let's get into start now talking more specifically about the movie. Yeah. So. It opens in a pastoral pagan Rome, with Caligula, played by Malcolm McDowell, chasing his sister Drusilla in a field. Uh, they're ba- both basically naked, and this this really recalls satyr nymph imagery, like right away. Uh, it's so
0: full of innocence and youth, and it's such like a happy light beginning to this story we're about to dive into.
1: Yeah, and Prince Caligula, who's called Little Boots, which Caligula means Little Boots, <laughs> uh, it, that was his nickname in IRL.
0: Yeah, as a little like backstory for that, he when he Caligula was the son of Germanicus, a famous uh, Roman general, and when Caligula was just a little little lad, he had a a, a suit of armor made for him that his father had had, had commissioned that made him look like a tiny little Roman soldier. And so everybody got in the habit of calling him Little Boots because of this costume, and that's where that comes from.
1: Wow, so quaint. It's just like a, such a weird thing that we know about him that's like not lost <laughs> to time. I uh, think it's because it's related
0: to Germanicus. Germanicus, his father, was a, um, a hero in Rome. The, that's one of the reasons that Caligula's reign started off so triumphantly. This mm. is the son of Germanicus. He is beloved by the Roman citizens. His, his father had could do no wrong in the eyes of the Rome, of Roman citizens. So when he comes up for the first time, everyone's really excited about that fact.
1: Oh, uh, that's gr- yeah. That that I didn't know that. Amazing. Uh, so the entire well, Prince Caligula is is summoned by the Emperor Peter O'Toole. And the entire atmosphere already when he enters the emperor's sphere is one of excess and hedonism. And this was something Emperor Tiberius, he was also written about as being uh, like a big sexual pervert. So- yeah, he
0: was definitely a, a hated tyrant. At this point, um, I don't think they, they expressly state it, but when he goes to see and live with Tiberius, he goes to the Isle of Capri. He's not actually in Rome anymore. Tiberius has taken refuge on the Isle of Capri um, and rules from there because he's so fucking hated.
1: <laughs> right, and wasn't Calig- weren't Caligula and his sisters? He actually had three sisters, but only one of them is in the film. Um, yeah, it, weren't they it, like they're like his prisoners, basically glorified prisoners.
0: T- Tiberius, yeah, they are. Um, he's Caligula's not actually Tiberius's grandson. Tiberius, as part of um, augustus caesar's uh, attempt to set up the um lineage before he dies he makes tiberius adopt germanicus germanicus is so popular that it makes tiberius even popular having adopted him as his son mm. which makes caligula his adopted grandson um and he never he never wants germanicus to take power he doesn't want caligula to take power so he basically holds them as prisoner on capri um and forces them forces them to stay with him, and this is when we also see historically there uh, that Caligula begins torturing people,
1: while right on the Isle
0: of Capri, joining in the the debauchery that Tiberius has started.
1: Yeah, there are accounts of uh, people saying, "Oh, he was always cruel because when he was at t- t- in Tiberius's realm, he was you know participating in all of the torture." Yeah. S- uh, so. I, re- I was really struck immediately. Like, I haven't seen this in a long time. And I know we've talked about how pornographic that is, this is. There's so much nudity. Like, I immediately... Like, it's the, the essence of this film. <laughs> and I was also wondering... And this is a question we can think about as we talk about the rest of the movie. Does this movie operate from a place of Christian morality? Like, mm. I, I feel like there's a lot of, because, I mean, it's, I'm sure the sh- a shell of what Gore Vidal had originally written, but it seems like there is some, like, m- there's a lot of moralizing about the behaviors that take place in this movie. Like, it's, it's definitely at its core an exploitation film uh, <laughs> yeah. in a lot of ways, and it e- exploits sexuality and revels in it, but it also is equating sexuality with violence and corruption so that i that, i mean that's just something I, I i wanted to think about as we talk about it and
0: i think that's a really that's a really good point we should we'll come back to that there's a lot, there's yeah. a lot that feeds into that idea
1: yeah the and you know also like aesthetically like the emperor's domain tiberius's domain is really ominous and dark and yeah there's a lot of deep
0: crimson colors yes like it looks it looks you know what it actually the first thing that it reminded me of was uh the clay wall from Videodrome where you see the women being abused mm. there's like this deep red crimson clay wall that that you see like with these women being beat on in Videodrome and that's immediately what I thought of when I saw Tiberius's set that's a great all these...
1: great comparison yeah <laughs> and peter o'toole tiberius is bathing in this giant pool with his hundreds of what i assume are wives and children and concubines
0: yeah little fishes he calls them
1: and he says come my little fishies <laughs>
0: <laughs> he's also it's interesting to note that he's he's covered in lesions too like he is decrepit and old And falling apart. Well, he's covered in
1: lesions. Like you... Maybe I misheard you. Is that what you said, lesions?
0: That's what I said. I said lesions.
1: Yeah. And, And, I mean, it's a bit too early for this historically. But we're coming up on the AIDS crisis.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Like a a couple years away from it really hitting full, full swing.
1: Right. And it's... I don't know. I mean, there's... Of course, they did not predict that, but viewing it in retrospect, if this, like, decaying person, this, like, sexual pervert with all these lesions, and apparently um, Tiberius did die from venereal diseases, or, like, that's what they say. Who knows if that's true. There's uh, all kinds
0: of rumors about his death, which, you know, they go into it in the movie a little bit, too.
1: Right. So he's just... It's really... Uh, outward ugliness is really being equated to inner ugliness here
0: oh yeah like you, you get the sense that, that all of his horrible debauchery has somehow led him down this path of decay and and slowly falling apart like, yes. a, like he's been paying for his sins good yes. to go back into your Christian morality argument
1: right and I mean Peter O'Toole is hilarious like it's <laughs> I forgot how funny he was. I mean, it's not supposed I, to be funny, he, but... He almost instantly tries
0: to poison Caligula, which yes. I found hilarious.
1: And he forces him to do a dance.
0: Oh, yeah. His his weird, like, little thumbs-up dance that he does.
1: Yes. And he accuses Caligula of wanting him to be dead. And he tells Caligula he's dying. And Caligula insists, no, you're a god, and the emperor dismisses it. And the emperor leads Caligula into this other room, this other red room. It looks like hell, honestly. Yeah. And it also kind of is set up in this very stage-like play way. Um, and the room is basically a, a, an elaborate BDSM dungeon where people are being punished and pleasured. And there are human there's, statues.
0: And there's like de- there there are deformed people too. At one point, you see having sex. There's, there's yes. all sorts of like weird looking people having sex. It's the only time you actually see that sort of aesthetic in the movie. Like, there's no other aesthetic of, of ugliness and sexuality. The rest of it is portrayed as very beautiful.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of, and I guess I mean that's supposed to highlight how corrupt he is. And I, I don't know the 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 people with deformities. I feel like are there is a you know a kind of point of abjection and horror. Yeah. Uh, which uh, people with deformities are used a lot in film historically
0: for. I, that's not surprising at all. Especially as as Tiberius is aging and falling apart, it would make sense that he'd want to have people who looked quote unquote worse than him. To make him feel better.
1: it's oh, actually it's a good point. And we get also the first of the famous unsimulated orgies. Yes.
0: <laughs>
1: and some really great kink aesthetics going on here. And it looks like an absolutely chaotic Bosch painting. Like Oh yeah,
0: that's it's a great reference.
1: Yeah, just people like fucking and people look weird and It's just insane, and also, like I told you, I was watching this with my mother for some reason. (laughs) (laughs) Did she? You told me that.
0: So you started this, forgetting that it was like hardcore porn. Did your mom say anything?
1: (laughs) Yeah, she was like, did she
0: say like I can't do this?
1: No, she was like, oh my god. And I mean, I watch a lot of stuff with my mom, but I even I was like, okay, no, we can't watch this together. Uh, I like cut it. Off. My mom was like, oh, and I was now I was interested, <laughs> and I'm like, oh no, I can't watch it with you, mom. Oh um, my god, <laughs> that's great. Tiberius brings out Caligula's brother Germellus.
0: Yeah, Gemellus. J- 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 he's uh, I can't actually remember his lineage. He's not like actually his brother. He's another. Right. Adopted heir. Right. He's not, he's not actually in line to take the throat at this point. Jamelis. Right.
1: And he tells him, when I die, Caligula will kill you, and then someone will kill Caligula. <laughs> facts. They're right.
0: Just fact.
1: <laughs> facts. Facts. Uh, Caligula is, now we see him in bed with his sister, who he has an incestuous relationship with, which is also a big part of his lore, Caligula lore. Oh, uh, I do
0: want to real quick. I want to go back. There's this. There's this moment that I found, um, really telling of the whole movie. When um, Tiberius has caught during that scene where they're they're in his pleasure palace. Tiberius has caught one of the soldiers getting drunk, or something. So yes, he, he asks Caligula like, "Does this does this man look drunk to you?" And Caligula's like, "No." And he has him force fed wine. They tie his cock. You actually they actually see them tying like a little string around his cock, and then they start force feeding him wine. Yeah. Uh, and Kinda after hot. he's like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> after he's like drunk and falling down, um, they uh, he's stabbed by Tiberius, and there's actually a story from Malcolm McDowell where uh, where Peter O'Toole is doing this take high as a kite. And he takes the sword when he's supposed to stab him, and he actually knocks the actor out. <laughs> and he's supposed to hit a, a goat bladder that has like a bunch of innards and things in it, so there's blood. He misses it and ends up just like lobbing it onto the floor, and it bounces around as like a complete goat stomach, while this actor is passed out from being knocked
1: out. By oh Peter my Atul. god! <laughs> so funny. I'm yeah. so glad you know about that. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. So,
0: back.
1: But Caligula is having an incestuous relationship with his sister, who's assuring them that he will be emperor. And a bird gets trapped in their room, and Caligula freaks out and is afraid yeah. of it, as if it's this omen. And the bird appears later at the end of the movie too. At Nerva, who I'm assuming is Tiberius's like right hand guy or something. Uh, yeah. Nerva
0: is oh. Nerva, a console, um, played here by uh, John Geekland who was another one of the big names mm. um, in the production at the time.
1: Yeah, he um, was he a was more a- highbrow actor.
0: <laughs> yeah, he, he had done a lot of, like, Shakespearean adaptations. He was in Prospero's books in 91 that came out later. He did Gandhi in 82. Um, he was a pretty highbrow actor <laughs> who played Nerva. For Playing this. Nerva,
1: and he commits suicide in a tub of water. And portends doom for Tiberius and Caligula. That scene,
0: I love that scene. It's a good scene. The water that he's in is like, it looks like a giant pool with a clear glass front. And you're seeing it from the front on. Um, it, like you were saying earlier, a lot of these sets, are, first off, are gorgeous. But have this very theatrical tableau appearance. And this, this the death of Nerva, just all the shots in that to me, they feel like renaissance tableaus.
1: Yeah, and it also looks like the neoclassical painting, The Death of Marat, uh, where, where he's committing suicide in the tub. Absolutely. And Caligula taunts him as he's committing suicide. And Nerva says there is nothing after death. There's nothingness. There's no gods. Just sleep. And this enrages Caligula, and he drowns him.
0: Yeah, he doesn't even let the man choose his own death. take right. him out in the end.
1: Yeah, yeah. Caligula, after this, has frenzied visions of torture that he's fantasizing about. That's an interesting scene where you see yeah. a bunch of people like swinging around from the ceiling, like underneath some kind of giant saw. Uh, I, I, oh yeah. I wonder a vision if they of being
0: killed.
1: Right. I wonder if they have, if they had like actual like people who are in the kink scene tying people up and stuff in this i, I wonder i wonder how
0: much of, of, of penthouse bob guccione brought over to this production like penthouse stylists penthouse photographers who was working on this all we know about really are the pets
1: yes and a lot of them are like nameless um yeah. caligula is anxious for the emperor to die Macro, who who what role is Macro? I you know, I was a little confused because there's so many characters. So Macro seems to be part of the uh the Praetorian Guard.
0: Yeah, Ma- Macro is at this time is the head of the Praetorian Guard and and in the earlier scene where he sees he, he's in Tiberius's pleasure dome um Tiberius specifically warns him about Macro to watch out for him because Tiberius doesn't even trust him. Right. And with good reason. <laughs> Cuz Here comes, here comes Caligula, and Macro completely condones the killing of Tiberius by Caligula.
1: Right, Macro also assures Caligula he's going to be emperor soon, and him and Caligula, Caligula kisses him forcefully for an extended period of time. (laughs) So we do get some, some gay stuff in this movie. Uh, We see, we also see Macro putting his fist into
0: the fire pit. As a sign of devotion to Caligula. Yeah, I mean... It's a weird mask flex.
1: Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Macro is a cuckold, also, whose wife is getting fucked by Caligula. Oh my god.
0: (laughs) I guess we'll get to the scene in a minute with the the semen facial.
1: Oh, (laughs) yeah. Uh, This is also... This uh, this was also in Tacitus' account of Caligula, so apparently... This was a lot of this movie. Bar is is really heavily true to his, his historical accounts of him.
0: Well, um,
1: Caligula steals Tiberius's ring while Tiberius is like passed out in a fever, and he wakes up and demands his ring back, but Caligula refuses, and Macro kills Tiberius for Caligula. He smothers yeah. him.
0: Caligula actually he he. In a, in a fit of, like, whatever you want to call this. He, he picks up a mirror because he's ready to bash his head in. But Macro comes in all cool because clearly Macro has thought about. It. He's like, no, let's strangle him. It's going to be less bloody.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so more real. Yeah, and this is something that is also in the historical accounts multiple times. Like, yeah. Macro killing Tiberius for Caligula. And there's, like, a big theme here of... Um, Old power being overcome by new uh, you know, new new perverts coming up in the game, Tiberius.
0: Yeah, the passing <laughs> of the perverted
1: torch. Yes, exactly. At the succession ceremony, Caligula appoints Claudius as his counsel, who's a fat femme gay, <laughs> in my mind. I mean, he really is.
0: <laughs> Have you ever seen the BBC um, I, Claudius adaptation? Years ago. It's really I really love that 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 one. But in that one of course, like Claudius is is like an unspoken genius. Whereas in this very like he is a femme idiot <laughs> like yeah. clown. It's he fills a lot of really weird roles in this production. He's always heavily made up too. He's one yes. of the only he's one of the only characters who is so heavily made up. He's usually wearing more makeup than the women when you see him on screen?
1: <laughs> and he's always just like giggling. Yeah. <laughs> he's you know. messy. He's really messy. Um, Caligula also appoints his brother Gemellus as his heir, and Caligula wants all of Rome to swear not by just by him, but also by his sister Drusilla, and that causes a stir. Yeah, he, Late- he
0: names her. He names her consort specifically, yes. which is really controversial.
1: Later that night, Caligula says to Drusilla that he can do anything he likes to anyone. And that is a huge theme of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> he, uh, he he will prove that throughout the rest of the plot. He says it to people all the time. It's like, a,
0: it's like something that amuses him to think to himself, like, oh, I could just, I could have everybody here killed if I wanted right now. It's, he thinks it's funny.
1: Yes. This red and blue bedroom they're in, though. Oh, Amazing. It's so, it's so gorgeous. And that bizarre, like, uh, statue relief peephole.
0: With the, the mouth? Yeah, yes. With yeah. the pursed lips, and then behind it you see the, the gay blowjob happening.
1: I li- you said gay blowjob. My next note was literally just the words gay blowjob. That's literally what my gay blowjob discovered. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, he looks through the peephole, and there's a gay blowjob happening. It's,
0: I think it's one of the only times, actually, in this version that you see uh, man on man. Um, there's, there's another one coming up, but it's not quite as uh, mutually pleasurable as this particular scene that we stumble upon.
1: Right. Caligula uses his brother, basically, to pin Macro for the murder of Tiberius, and... He's also, But he's also wearing a fabulous red velvet outfit.
0: Yeah. Oh, he looks gorgeous.
1: And this kind of... It's so funny because I'm sure in Gore Vidal's original script, obviously it was a lot gayer. And yeah. Caligula, there are vestiges of that in the film. Like, Caligula is kind of queer-coded, even though he clearly is into women. Um, oh, yeah. He's they, there's- very fab.
0: Agreed. He um, he definitely skates that line, um, which I find really delightful in the course of this movie. There's no like, there's no, there's no like this. There there's no real like classic masculine coding. I feel like for Caligula, like he really skirts between gender roles throughout this, and I love it.
1: I love it too, and I celebrate that. And I'm also. Skeptical because he is supposed to be evil, and you know, so often queerness is so right, exactly. And the contrast between him and Macro, Macro is kind of like more classically masculine, and we see him. I
0: agree completely. I think it's a case of like we we want to uplift these like queer characters, or at least like in dialogue. I don't really want to like uplift Caligula too much, but. But at the same time, it I really it does look like this was a plot device to make him seem extra evil or extra perverted.
1: Right. This, exactly. This queer side of him. yeah. Right. So Caligula goes to see, is her name Elia? Enya. Enya, e- like the singer. Yeah.
0: Spelled different, but it's pronounced like the same. Yeah. The wife of Macro.
1: Macro's wife, and she's being rubbed down with cum. There's a bunch of there's a bunch of like naked dudes around her
0: like coming into a into like a giant chalice and then she's using it as like a facial. Quite it's literally. Ins-
1: it's insanity. <laughs> it's, and Caligula suggests that they go to Egypt to marry and declares that he is Rome and he takes a piss on a column, iconic. Yes. <laughs> The he Senate can wherever he wants. Right. <laughs> but he does inform Enya that the Senate has sentenced Macro to death and Enya is distressed and Caligula she spits banishes in his face. He, or what?
0: She spits in his face after he says that. Yeah,
1: yeah, she spits in his face and Caligula banishes her to Gaul. In, Caligula also insists to Drusilla that they are going to get married, even though they're brother and sister and he also suggests that they go to Egypt so that they can get married because incestuous relationships were apparently accepted yeah. there. She doesn't want him to like I, th- I think this
0: is she's an important steadying influence for him um, for much of the film. Um, they really show her as being more level-headed than Caligula and he's, she's literally the only person that he'll listen to.
1: Yes. And it's Um, because he's and it's because she's an extension of him and he's a narcissist.
0: Exactly.
1: (laughs) So I wonder why they left out his other sisters, though.
0: I don't know. They don't they don't. Well, his other brother, he had brothers, but I think they were all killed before the events of the movie would have started. But yeah, I don't know about the sisters. I'm assuming they just left her in because she's the one that he was rumored to have the relationship with. Yeah, and
1: apparently also it's written that he, like, forced her to live as husband and wife. But oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, but in this movie, I, it's it's very consensual.
0: I don't know why I would assume it's consensual. Like,
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> how much of this stuff is ever consensual in
1: ancient Rome? Yeah, ancient Rome is not known for its uh, feminist <laughs> sensibilities. Yeah. No. Uh, so Drusilla, though, like you said, is a very grounding influence. And she insists that he marry a respectable Roman woman.
0: A lady of senatorial class.
1: Yes. One of maybe one of the priestesses of Isis. And <laughs> so they, Calig- they
0: go to the, uh, the priestess orgy.
1: Yes, they go to a priest. Uh, all all woman orgy. The priestesses of Isis ritual and Caligula is in drag. Yes. I love it. And it's, it, there, this moment is just so queer, like everything about this, like Caligula in drag at this lesbian orgy. And apparently this was another thing that was written about in accounts of Caligula that he did use to go in drag and go to, uh, uh so he could like sneak around. And, and oh, I didn't know. Yeah. So, I mean, very, a lot, very loaded.
0: <laughs> yeah. A symbol, and this, in this symbology scene,
1: there. he
0: He's trying to figure out, he's there with Drusilla and they're trying to figure out who he's going to marry. And the first person he points to is this girl, Livia. Um, and Drusilla's first comment is, she's a virgin, you wouldn't like her. And she's promised a proculus anyway. And he says, well, that doesn't matter. I can just have him sent away. Um, yes. He ends up picking out Helen Mirren's character, Sazonia. Uh, that's the one that he wants then. And... Drusilla tries to get him off of Cezonia by saying she's the most mischievous of all of them. She's extravagant and in phenomenal amounts of debt, which and Caligula just finds. Yeah, Cal- Caligula just finds that attractive.
1: <laughs> yeah, he says per- uh, he says perfect. And my note yeah. here is, wow, what a mood. <laughs> yeah.
0: he ends up he ends up fucking her in drag. Yes. <laughs> at the end of that scene.
1: Yes, he and he cuts her neck and licks the blood. And then it
0: cuts to the decapitation wall, which is probably my favorite set.
1: Oh, which I forget which one you're talking about.
0: There, so there, there's actually like a really sharp cut from them having sex to a man's head being buried in the ground, being cut off by a giant spiral blade. And there's
1: yes, oh yes, yes.
0: You pull back to this giant. There's this this space which kind of looks like it could be. Uh, just some kind of amphitheater or something. And there's this giant three-story, maybe 30-yard-long red wall with half-naked soldiers on it. And it has these spiral blades at the base of it that are cutting off the heads of people buried in the dirt. And the Macro is the one of
1: them. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And uh, it's, like, really fucking gruesome. There are people pelting apples at the heads of the people who were down there just seeing if they can hit him right real quick before they go. Yep. Um, and then we we get a we get a line that I think is really important for Caligula that tells us a lot about <clears throat> how he thinks. He, after he sees a bunch of heads cut off, he says, "If only all Rome had just one neck."
1: I love that line.
0: Like your your goal here is to govern this gigantic massive empire and his first thought is if only I could destroy the whole thing.
1: <laughs> I mean, chaos demon 100% yeah, very uh, much that ki- the what is what did you call that is was this a killing device that actually existed do you know i don't know and i doubt that it did but then
0: again <laughs> there there are all these reports especially when you read about the colosseum and you find out they used to flood the colosseum with water and have naval battles on it so yes. i wouldn't even i wouldn't doubt that at some point there was a giant movable wall of decapitation
1: that existed but and this was one of the most impressive things in the movie to me was this this killing machine it's it's like it's kind
0: of awe-inspiring it's so huge the fact that there's just people standing on it too like rows of people just standing in these little carved out alcoves almost like a statues yeah. yeah like living statues uh it's, it's insane it's one of the images that for me, has, like, stand, stays with me longest.
1: Yeah, it's really impressive. I wonder how they managed that, like, the construction of that. It's really fascinating.
0: I I wonder that, too, because it's, it, it, it's literally moving. It's literally, like, three stories tall, and it's moving forward slowly.
1: Yeah, and it's that wild. that that line, if only Rome had just one neck, I, I just love, I love that line. I yeah. wonder if that's, like, um... That sounds like something that might have been in an actual account of him. Uh, but who, like who knows? Cookie. So, I mean, somebody knows, just not me. <laughs> and, <laughs> I
0: don't know
1: <laughs> and now my next note is, and now the grossest food orgy ever filmed. Uh, <laughs> it, this food scene, they're at a wedding. This for, is the wedding
0: of Proculus and Livia. Livia yes. is the virgin priestess he originally had his eyes on.
1: Yeah, and it sort of reminds me because I just watched *The Dark Crystal*. It really reminds me of like how the Skeksis feast. Oh my and, God! Yes. And also uh, that scene in *The Company of Wolves* when they're they're at the feast and they turn into werewolves. Oh like, yeah, I think that's a really good one. That the just grotesque nature of it, and Caligula wants to fuck the bride.
0: Hey. He doesn't. He doesn't just want to fuck the bride. He says it's his gift to the couple.
1: Yes. <laughs> and so he takes them into this other room. And a big theme in this movie is like cuckolding. Cuckolding is used so much in film. It's a really big power play in this in this scene. Yeah, and Caligula rapes the bride and makes Proculus watch, mm-hmm. and then he rapes Proculus with his fist. He's While the wife just, watches.
0: There's like a jar of of lard or something, and he just shoves his fist into it and then slams it into Proculus's ass.
1: Uh, this is, it's so disturbing. And he takes his fist out and it's like covered in blood.
0: <laughs> he's got oh the ring on it. He's got that imperial ring on it that he yes. took from Tiberius that he shoves up
1: there. Yep. They didn't. They they didn't go as so far as to actually show us a man fisting another man. Uh, it's really I just mean, why stop
0: there? Why why is that a boundary?
1: I know, right? That's kind of what <laughs> I was thinking. I was like, that's the boundary. They just go like, for it. Yeah. Uh, and Caligula, he has a, the, the next time we see him, Caligula is having a fit in the rain, screaming about how his little brother Gemellus is going to kill him. Yeah. And he's comforted by Cezonia and Drusilla by uh, they, they, they initiate a threesome with him. And what, how, how sweet. Just a nice little like threesome
0: sweet. with your wife and your sister.
1: It's <laughs> very tellingly the most wholesome sex scene in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> like and also uh, there's some nice old good old fashioned unsimulated lesbian sex uh, happening behind that peephole.
0: Yeah, I love it. They they like full on vaginal views, fingers going in everywhere.
1: Yeah, I love it. It's kind of it's a legitimately sexy scene. It was pretty hot. Yeah. The, th- I also noticed there was a huge contrast here because the penthouse pets have unsimulated sex, but of course the legit actors don't. So oh, you yeah. never you never actually see that any of the major actors in this movie have sex or any. The kind pets of sex are scene. kind of
0: the pets are kind of brought in as like sexual ringers like we yes. want to see some hardcore shit let's cut to some pets yeah that could have even i wouldn't be surprised if that was one of those scenes that they filmed after the fact just to have more hardcore pornographic content
1: i would not doubt it it seems very tacked on yeah and i was also thinking about at this point this huge contrast between having porn actors and hollywood actors in the same place and when do we ever see that Like that that's this is very unique to this movie. And I was thinking the only example I can think of are like actresses who left porn and started doing film like Sasha Gray uh, or Tracy Lords. Like you never really see like active porn actors in the same film as Hollywood actors. The only time I've seen it was um, Sean
0: Baker's Starlet.
1: Yeah, I remember that. No, yeah, yeah, and or like um, or the Lindsay Lohan movie, The Canyon. Uh, I didn't see that one. Oh God, it's such trash! You should watch it. You would. I
0: I'm definitely you, going to now. You said yeah, Lindsay you Lohan, would, and then a movie I haven't it. seen. Yeah, you would <laughs> enjoy didn't.
1: it. I mean, it stars James Dean, <laughs> and Lindsay Lohan. <laughs> oh shit! Yeah, I'm surprised I'm, you haven't seen it. Um. So, Caligula has his brother Jermellus arrested for treason. It was only a matter of time. Yeah. And Helen Mirren, <laughs> Sisonia dances in an insane metal bra. <laughs> I just had to put that in there because it's crazy. And and that fake uh
0: that fake baby baby bump. Yes. Which is so noticeable when. They first show her taking off her cloak to reveal her dancing attire. Cause it, lo- <laughs> it just looks like a plaster stomach.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, Caligula falls ill. And is this okay? I, I'm confused because there was another there's there's another person that m- looks like Claudius, but is maybe not Claudius. Claudius offers his life for Caligula and Caligula accepts like he's yeah, offer. Sh- Go ahead. I- I, I remember thinking the same
0: thing in that scene when he's like, Caligula's down of a fever and and someone who looks just like Claudius, like makes this grand gesture where they say, "Take my life, Jupiter, and spare his," and of course Caligula instantly is like, "Okay,
1: to have him executed." It's so funny. <laughs> that's
0: oh, one of the actually- things in the accounts too. That's and apparently yes. multiple people who he had executed after the fact for offering themselves up.
1: Yep. So funny. I mean, there's actually like a lot of moments of genuine humor in this movie. Like the next, the next scene where Caligula is stamping a bunch of proclamations and he has to like say the same thing every time he yeah. stamps it. And he starts doing it really, really fast in like a frenzied way. And it's actually very funny. And I think it's, it's supposed to be funny.
0: It's hilarious. It's hilarious that every time he's encountered with actual duties of the emperor of Rome, he can't do them. He has no patience for them whatsoever, and would rather turn to, um, to ass, to to having people killed at giant orgies, yes, instead of actually doing his duties.
1: So now we see Proculus again. This poor man, hanging from the ceiling with women hanging off of him, and he's like Caligula's, like having him tortured basically and he's like what did i do emperor and caligula says something insane which i didn't get word for word but he basically says you're a loyal man and therefore not roman and therefore a traitor
0: yeah he doesn't equate those those qualities with being roman so therefore proculus is a traitor
1: for doing for being loyal and honest Ridiculous. yeah and caligula tortures him and executes him and then he gets pissed on by the women yes that is an insane scene by the way like
0: yeah, it's, unsimulated pissing
1: yes I mean a lot of this stuff is not shocking to me because I've seen plenty of porn yeah. but it's shocking in the I'm still shocked by it in the context of such a highbrow movie I would how cool would it be to
0: like be in a theater and sit opposite everybody else in 1979 and just watch their faces as they're watching this movie. Yes! <laughs> Just seeing what's coming across people's faces as they're being horrified and disgusted and even maybe reviled by their own desires.
1: Yeah, the pissing thing was crazy. I mean, I completely forgot about that. Uh, and I mean, I got this is, I, I think this was like their showgirls, honestly. This is their showgirls. Like, they thought this was going to be I don't know. I mean, maybe they didn't also because Bob Guccione kind of he did his own rating system with it, like he refused to let it be rated. X- oh yeah, he, he said that X was, was an insult to the movie, and he wasn't going to let the
0: MPAA do that.
1: Right. So, Caligula makes Helen Mirren give birth in an insane manner.
0: This is the most amazing birth slash wedding ceremony I've ever seen. Also the only birth slash wedding ceremony <laughs> I've ever seen.
1: Yeah, she's, like, tied up upright as she's giving birth.
0: She's elevated above everyone. She's on essentially a stage and then elevated even to the top of the stage as, as like, almost like a goddess figure. Giving yeah, like birth. a
1: statue. Yeah. With And she's got this mask on and she's giving birth in this position.
0: You literally see the baby crowning, which I you guess do. Is you not see the real. baby crowning.
1: That must Would, be simulated. It has to be, but it's. There's just like what don't we see in this movie? I mean, that. There's act, also like graphic birth. I mean, it's crazy. He names the baby after his sister. And but shortly after Drusilla dies, yeah. and Caligula is. Absolutely bereft, and he sexually defiles the corpse. So he, ki-
0: he kisses her. It's really, I, because throughout the movie, he of course refers to himself as a god because he has been raised to believe that he is of divine right, and he actually seems surprised that his affections don't bring her back to life.
1: Yes. Yeah, he's like kissing her body, like touching her breasts, and. Yeah, she's uh that's a really excellent way to to look at it. Like he the the his, the way he's acting is like s- just so horrified that he is, doesn't actually have any powers here yeah, in the face beyond of him. death. Yeah. You can't do shit about it. He decrees public mourning for a month, so anyone who does anything basically will be sentenced to death. So no laughing, no bathing, no intercourse.
0: Mhm.
1: And this is also interesting because Caligula wanders around among the common folk in disguise. So this is another time he's in disguise. And
0: It's fucking filthy out there. Like there's Ooh. like there's like a good five or six people you see squatch, squat with what is it? squatted down pissing against like a wall while he's walking around.
1: There's a man with a giant penis at.
0: <laughs> yes. yes. And
1: just everybody's like covered in grime and filth he sees a play that's being put on about what a joke he is. Yeah. The play is really interesting. There's like this giant pyramid and the pyramid structure and the narrator of the play is having, uh, you know, first the lower, first the slaves are on the bottom and then the common people and then the, uh, the, per- the, um, guard. And then, The, the, then it goes up and up until we get to the top of the Emperor. And there's an actress that comes out who's playing Drusilla, and she's like kind of this hideous hag figure. And she's like, Oh, brother, come to me. And this is what sets Caligula off. And he attacks the actors and accidentally gets rounded up as a common prisoner. Yeah. Because they think he's just like a madman. And they definitely don't no, think he's the emperor no. and no one at court knows where Caligula is because he's in prison. and everyone in this filthy prison people are still fucking <laughs>
0: oh yeah there's the there's a there's a woman who is in the lap of who I guess is her pimp and he's taking some kind of payment to allow people to touch her. yes, it's a weird scene.
1: it's so weird.
0: That's also it, when um he meets uh I I don't know if it's a jailer or if it's just somebody in there who ends up recognizing him by his ring. Um and he takes him with him when he gets out of prison. He yes. T- <laughs> he stays with him for the rest of the movie. This this Yeah, he's like his little pet.
1: Yeah, this weird little like prison guard, barbarian guy. And Caligula is also watching all of the debauchery of the prison in horror, as if he doesn't do the same filthy shit. Yeah, uh, which I found very uh, funny. Maybe he was just
0: that it was happening during the time of mourning. Maybe that's what it was. Like they should. Oh, like good point. They should all know.
1: He gets in a magic trick battle with this brute, <laughs> the one who recognizes the ring you were talking yeah. about, and how, like. It was unclear to me how exactly he gets out of prison, but he's back at court, and he's covered in filth because he just came from this prison. Yeah. I I just have like that Roman prison looks like absolute hell on earth. Like it was it was just dirt. Like oh, yeah. that it was, was dirt. It. It. It was dirt dark. There's like a little
0: bit of straw. Horrible. People get in there too. I love it. They they throw people in there down a giant chute. <laughs> and they land on like yeah. a pile of straw.
1: Yeah, and I mean, just the the thought of an actual ancient Roman prison is enough to, like, chill my bones. (laughs) I I don't don't even want to think about it. Like, knowing some of their bathing practices, like, for example, how they used to wipe their ass with, like, a sponge at the end of a stick that they would just, like, rinse out. Ugh. Like, it's horrible. (laughs) Uh, Caligula's back at court, ranting about how he's a god. I said my other note is here is Claudius is here, and didn't that guy get executed? Uh, but uh, you know, maybe that was another another fat femme person. I think that's what.
0: It, yeah, just another one of those fat fems.
1: Yeah, that's just around in the in the court. The Senate declares him a god. And Caligula makes everyone ba like a sheep to demonstrate how he controls everyone and everything. And the next scene, Caligula, <laughs> oh god, he's talking about how they are—they need money, and who makes the most most money? A pimp. Mm-hmm. And who are the who are the sluttiest women in Rome? The senators' wives. Why the wives of the wives of the senators, of course. So he unveils something he's he's already started having this imperial brothel where the senator's wives are prostitutes and the this epic orgy scene ensues like seriously epic orgy it's
0: on a giant indoor ship that has oars and it's it's the idea of it is that it's heading to britain which has yet to be conquered by rome So they're all heading to Britain on this giant ship, this giant brothel ship, which is indoors. It It doesn't actually go anywhere.
1: It's indoors. Yes. And there are also like soldiers doing a very gay dance among the oars. I love the dance. It's so good. The extended blowjob scene. There's there's a number of blowjobs, but this is the
0: one where we get the cummy blowjob, which is a timing apparatus for the end of the scene because it. It builds between these cuts. They keep cutting back between this epically gigantic cock being sucked and these soldiers <laughs> prancing about at the base of the ship.
1: <laughs> and when
0: it and it ends with an actual cum shot.
1: Yeah. Actual cum shot. I was just like watching this mouth agape because <laughs> I just you know, I've seen a lot of gross stuff and I think I just forgot how epic this was. Yeah. Like how you know cuz I kind of always think of 70s porn as like kind of wholesome and tame and to see something so outrageously hardcore it was, was um, it's so pretty hot. Interesting.
0: It was so hot too, let's be real.
1: It is, i mean, let's be honest. <laughs> like it's yeah, it's not all the it's sex. It's a hot orgy. Not
0: all the sex in this movie is hot, but
1: this this orgy on this ship was real hot. Yeah, it was, because everybody looks like they're really enjoying themselves. I think that's why <laughs> the only people who aren't enjoying themselves
0: are like the senators off to the side whose wives
1: are being prostituted. It's which is very funny. Yeah, and so again, more cuckolding. This was a another thing that is also in the account of Caligula that he apparently actually did this. The the music is also really ominous in this scene, and it makes it really fucking intense. Yeah. And Caligula is fully insane now, and he pretends to conquer Britain. He's talking into a seashell. <laughs> he's, holding, I love
0: and it. He's, he's holding that conch <laughs> up to his ear the whole time, like he's getting orders in it.
1: Yes! <laughs> and he's telling his men to go fight these papyrus plants. And his new advisor is also the crazy brute from prison. Oh, yeah. Right by his side. Calig- yep. More. He ju- He's just really fully descending into madness now. The shell thing, the conch thing, is also in accounts of him. And Caligula seizes everyone's estate, all the senators' estates. And in the end of the movie, Caligula, Sisonia, and their daughter. So at the end
0: of. Are, I think, real quick, at the end of that banquet. Um <clears throat> the banquet when he comes back and he takes away the senator's properties. Um Cezonia warns him, much like Tiberius warned him at the beginning of the movie, um, to watch out for Kyria, who is his new head of head of the Praetorian Guard. He's being warned mm. he's being warned again to look out for the head of the guard. And this time, you know, going to the next part.
1: Yeah, and they're they're putting on this like play. I guess Sazonia and Caligula It's actually really funny because Sazonia is like correcting his movements, his acting. She's like, no, you need to do it more like
0: this. It's the first wholesome scene we've seen of him since like the beginning of the movie.
1: Yes. And Caligula, Sazonia and their daughter are assassinated by the head of the Praetorian Guard. And the ending shot, we see Caligula battered and bloody and dead on these steps. And it just like zooms in on his face, dead, and the, the credits play, and that's Caligula. That
0: last scene was so gruesome. Like there's, cause there, there, he he's murdered on this giant flight of stairs, and at the end they just push the bodies down the stairs. So he's just laying haphazardly with his dead daughter and wife, and above him there are people cleaning the steps of the blood, literally pushing the spilled blood down the stairs to clean it. So it's,
1: it's, gruesome. it's a very gruesome
0: yeah. moment. It's a really, it's really um, pointed way to end the movie, I think.
1: Yeah, and that is the entirety of Caligula, all two hours and 36 minutes. Is there anything yeah. else that we didn't talk about that you wanted to say about this movie?
0: We could, do like, we could do so many episodes about Caligula <laughs> if we had the time. Um, I have a great affinity for any film that haunts you, that sticks with you, that you can't quite shake. And Caligula is one of those movies. It's hard to leave a screening of Caligula or just even a viewing in your home on your laptop and not run through those images over and over in your head, almost haunted by them. And I really appreciate how this movie does that.
1: Yeah, I agree. It's... Like I've said, I've seen so much worse since since then. But this stands out to me as just one of the most depraved things I've ever seen. And yeah. it's it's not so much even the content as it is the whole mood of the movie like the tone like there's just no hope in this movie like it's so hopeless oh and disgusting and and such a dark
0: palette too like all the colors are deep reds and gold and black and and very deep colors there's no there's really almost no lightness to it except in the beginning and yes. end where you see him wearing like this white toga at the beginning, frolicking with Drusilla, and at the end you see him in Caesonia in these these white gowns practicing their play.
1: Yeah, it's just yeah, it, like dark. It's just dark and gritty, and it's got this very kind of moralistic lens on it, even though it revels in the depravity that it shows. Uh, we we obviously don't get the sense that this is, like, a good thing. <laughs> at anything that's happened in this movie. Yeah. Like, you're just kind of left with this deep feeling of, uh, like, emptiness. And just, vi- like, you feel violated after you watch this. Like, it's it's so... Yeah. It's just, like, a total assault. And I think that's, like, the the, the hardcore sex like coupled with the horrible violence and not just violence, but like actual, like literal filth, like dirt and just moisture. And you just feel like you need a shower after this movie. Oh yeah. In terms of like filth on screen, it
0: definitely gives John Waters a run for his money. I've, I'd love to see a quote by John Waters I wonder, about this movie. I, he must have seen I'm it. I'm sure thoughts.
1: he had. Like, I'm sure he said something about it, right? Like, he ha- has to. I'm, and I also, I mean, this movie. I, I love that it's like the stuff of legends. Like, it's to yeah. this day, like one of the most notorious films of all time. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I just, I, I like it a lot more watching it in retrospect. I think when I first saw it, I was just thinking of it as, as funny, like, oh, this is so bad, it's good and now I can watch yeah. it in and sort of just also appreciate the history of it and how it was made. And I mean also Bob Guccione's a trip. So it's <laughs> I I would love
0: to learn there's there's not unfortunately much info about why he set out to do this? He—I don't know if we mentioned, but he paid for this whole thing out of his own pocket. It ended up being with interest on loans he took out. It ended up being twenty-two million dollars in nineteen
1: seventy-nine. Oh. Why, Bob, produce this why? movie? And like, why Caligula? <laughs> <It's> so <laughs> random.
0: The only thing to me that makes sense is that he just really wanted to make. Well, he had some grandiose idea about making a movie that that was in place, but he must have wanted some sort of level of sexual depravity that, I mean, Caligula lends itself to this. The tales of Caligula lend themselves to it so well, um, and I think he was also inspired by an essay Gore Vidal had written. Gore Vidal had written about Caligula before he ever wrote a screenplay mm, That's right. because um, he he enjoyed he liked to explore that. Uh, that absolute power corrupting absolutely idea. Um, in Gorvadal's original screenplay, Caligula was actually supposed to be like this innocent boy who was overcome by the context of his time and the role that he was meant to take. And it was supposed to show how he was corrupted by the power. Um, Brass ended up revising the script so that Caligula was horrible from the Yeah, from the he's get-go. horrible immediately. Yeah.
1: Yeah. He's a born monster. That was
0: the phrase that they
1: used. Right. And I personally think that that ends up being more interesting than this idea of like this innocent person being corrupted. Like I find the idea of somebody who's just always been horrible more interesting. So in a way, like, I don't know. I feel like the movie kind of does what it originally set out to do, even though everybody kind of disavowed it. I, I think it really does show just absolute excess and filth and, like, the extent of human cruelty. Uh, yeah,
0: it's, it's a weird little – it's like a, it's a weird cinematic artifact. And I still, I still say that it's, like, super strange that it even made it to theaters at all. Like, uh, there's no actual credited writer for this, which I find hilarious – um it's it's inspired by i think that the actual quote is that it is let me see adapted from an original screenplay by gore vidal and that's the only (laughs) right there's no one is ever actually credited with writing it even though like tinto and bob guccione and even malcolm mcdowell had a hand in rewrites they all were credited and the editing is also credited to the production because it was taken out of Brass's right. hands at the end, um, and Gucci had the final say on all of it. That's when Brass uh, didn't. You
1: also say that somebody else had written a script.
0: Yeah, um, uh, Lena Wertmuller who did um, the uh, what is that movie, The Seduction of Mimi and Seven okay. Beauties. Okay. Um, yeah, German German woman filmmaker. Had written a first script, a first draft, but uh, it was rejected. Oh, I, would I, would was that, I, I would love to see what was in that because I, I would love to, yeah, I'd love to see a woman writing Caligula and see the insights that she would have into this very mythically depraved episode in history.
1: What, how fascinating would that be to be able to to get get your hands on that screenplay?
0: That would be amazing. That's the kind of thing that, like, I fantasize about. Like, the stuff you don't get to see, the stuff that doesn't make it. What are, like, the early visions of a production? Especially this production, where, like, the thing that you would finally see, you have no idea whose vision you're looking at, really, other than Bob's. It's really Bob's.
1: Yeah. It's it's, it's his movie. <laughs> I mean, reading in his yeah. interview about it. I mean, this is also the funny thing, too, is Bob Guccione kind of seems like a Caligula figure. Like... He was so narcissistic. I mean, Penthouse does an interview with him. It's his magazine. And he takes over this entire production in this, like, depraved way. Like, oh, no, there's got to be more sex, more hardcore blowjobs. Like, it's, I don't know, it's very indicative of the time that it was made and the people who made it. It was.
0: I love, so I've got the, the interview up. There's this, the question put to him, was sir john giglin one of the world's most distinguished actors was quoted in a recent interview as saying i've just finished my first pornographic film called caligula do you think that's a do you think that's a fair description of the film Ed Guccione responds to a question that i'm sure he wrote himself given the relatively sheltered life that giglin has lived in terms of motion pictures and his exposure to what's happening in the avant-garde i would say that he was right but only if he judged by the context of his own experience and information.
1: Oh, my God. I I remember reading that last night, and, okay, sure, Bob. I mean, it's, like, literally hardcore pornography. But <laughs> also the fact that it was his first pornographic film that he ever saw, apparently, is interesting. I mean, it just wasn't as readily wow. available as it is now. Um, yeah. But anyway I, I think we've you know covered a lot of ground here with caligula yeah i think we plumb yeah plumbed the depths <laughs> uh where can people <laughs> find you on social media we talked about it at the top of the show but if you want to remind people yeah um uh you could find me on instagram
0: at the video hole um that's really where i'm primarily active right now so come check me out say hi Let's great
1: and as always you can find me on instagram and twitter as girls guts Giallo. and you can find my patreon at patreon.com slash girls guts and thank you for listening i'll see you next friday